Hey, it's Aaron. And I'm Sarah. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, shitheads. Yeah. Oh, I finished my Pez already. Oh. It's a sad day, friends. Um, but there's more Pez to be had. I just need to put it in there and I'll do that later. Um, but we're back with you, friends. We're back with you for another episode that Gus is shredding my damn laundry basket. Can he get out or do I need to let him out? You will probably have to let him oh out my of God. the room. Just crack the door open. Will has his headphones on, so it's not like he can listen to us or cause any noises. So you can keep the door open now, actually. Okay, because I know, I know Lenny won't show up. He might, maybe, if we talk about him. Um, for oh. any of you joining us, we're talking about the podcats, my cats, my orange boys, um, which I realized the other day I can own no other cats other than orange cats is what I've decided. I love orange cats. They're so sweet <gasps> and at, insane. At work, I believe it was yesterday, either that or it was Thursday. I've never, ever seen a cat walk across our property, at least not right by the front door. So I'm looking outside. The most beautiful cat. It looked like it looked like a little cheetah is what it looked like. Oh, I love that. It was so gorgeous. And he stopped briefly. And he, I don't know if it was a he looked in. And, and I said to another person that was standing there by the front desk, I'm like, have you ever seen a cat like come across the property like that? And she said, no. And I said, it was just so it, it was just bizarre because Wild. it was because it was such a unique looking cat, not your run of the mill black or white cat or you know tabby. I've it, literally never seen a cat on property. No, and this cat was just gorgeous. I mean, like way too gorgeous to not be somebody's cat. But anyway, I was hoping I would see him again. But wow, I don't know. Wild, yes, wild. So, so I'm excited about this story because this is. The inspiration uh, behind the Conjuring franchise. Yes. We're doing a lot of inspiration ones, which I really am enjoying. I know. And, well, that movie, I think the movies are terrifying. Yeah, no, the movies are actually I really do. Um, It's a good Halloween movie, though, because it's got jump scares. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. So, um, I also, and some people will not agree with me, I also love Ed and Lorraine Warren. I know. They're polarizing. I know people, I know how some people feel about them. I can't help it. I love them. Um, Amityville. Yeah. Some people have dismissed them as hacks or just like good storytellers, but I love them. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is, but just a little background about the Warrens. So the Warrens were involved in investigating the real family involved in the conjuring story. So Ed Warren was a World War II veteran. He was also a former police officer. He became a self-professed demonologist. So he was he was studying demonology on his own. It wasn't like he went to demonology school. There is an <laughs> online demonologist. Uh, well, yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, <laughs> 1940s, 1950s, you know, so he was interested in it for whatever reason. Um, Lorraine, his wife, was a clairvoyant and a medium, and she would communicate with the demons that Ed discovered what a team right that's like a dream team so in 1952 or a nightmare team. In a, yeah i know <laughs> like literally haunt your yeah, nightmares yeah the 1952 ed and lorraine founded the new england society for psychic research and by the way that's the oldest ghost hunting group in new england see that's why cool. i love new england so much it's just spooky it's a spooky spooky place and i love that 
Ed and Lorraine earned uh, respect as legit paranormal investigators from their investigation into the Amityville hauntings. Oh, obviously. And the Warrens were involved in... Um, oh, didn't he die? Didn't you text me that today? Oh, yeah. Butch DeFeo or Ron DeFeo Jr. apparently died in March of 2021 in prison. And if you have no idea who we're talking about, go back and listen to our Amityville episode. But I find it odd that we didn't hear about it. Like... Yeah, that's weird. You know what I mean? That I didn't notice an alert because I always get alerts on my phone. So I had no <laughs> idea. You know, we get alerts about serial killers and spree killers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I would have thought, I guess it wasn't considered big news in the land of COVID <laughs> reporting, but um, yeah. So he died in prison back in March. Um, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So the Warrens were involved with um, investigating two families that actually thought there was demonic possession occurring. Um, so I'm going to focus on the Perrin family. Um, this is the inspiration for the Conjuring franchise, as I said. The other family that they were involved in, you'll remember, and I don't think we did a pod on this, but we've talked about it, was the, Hod- the Hodgson family in um, England. Remember the little girl? There were the pictures that, that looked like she was being catapulted from her bed. I think we did cover that. Wasn't that the um, the Enfield? Or yes, we did do that Enfield. Did we? I think I think we have that on an episode. We might have mentioned it, but I don't think we did a whole episode about it. But we probably mentioned it. But anyway, they were also involved in that. Um, that one is widely disputed <laughs> as a legit haunting, and the Warrens were accused of exaggerating that yeah. experience. So yeah, because the pictures were uh, the, the pictures could have the pictures, yeah. yeah. So even if these tales are not true or embellished, um, still fascinating story yeah. and terrifying. Um, and it really takes a lot to scare me with a horror movie, but the conjuring, the scene where the claps. Remember mm-hmm. how the Louie Taylor's standing there, she's playing hide and seek, and then those hands clap right in her ear. That is the same feeling I got when I watched the original It. And that oh, damn God, clown yeah. winked in the picture, remember? Ah, Just it's so subtle, but so terrifying. Well, it's things like that that are more terrifying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it was unexpected, too. It just really was unexpected. So the Warrens have maintained that all the dramatized events in the movie did happen. Now, um, Ed, Ed Warren is, is deceased. I, Lorraine isn't, though, is she? I thought she was dead. She might be, but... I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, Lorraine actually acted as a consultant for the movie to the director, James Wan. Um, She actually visited the set in Wilmington, North Carolina. The Perrin family um, supports the depiction of events in the film as well, for the most part. Andrea Perrin, the oldest of the Perrin children, um, self-published a book in 2011 called House of Darkness, House of Light. Okay, so Ed Warren died in 2006. Yeah. Lorraine Warren died in 2019. Okay, so I didn't think she'd been gone that long if she was dead. Gotcha. Um, Andrea Perrin has said that while she, while she thinks the movie was well done, some of the events depicted are, quote, patently untrue, such as the depiction of the exorcism that happens in the movie. There was yeah. never an exorcism performed by the Warrens. They did that for dramatic effect. It was a seance is what it was. Oh. Not an exorcism. And the seances aren't as exciting as exorcism. No. And Andrea Perrin says, by the way, what you saw in the movie, while yes, it was very scary, she said it was way scarier to have experienced it. It was the most terrifying night of her life. So I can imagine seeing it in person. Yeah. In January of 1971, the Perrin family, Roger, his wife, Carolyn, and their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cynthia, and April, 
moved into a 14-room farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. That property is approximately 200 acres. Whoa. I know, right? Strange things happened right away. Carolyn would notice things going missing at first, like a broom, or hear inexplicable sounds, like something scraping against a kettle in the kitchen, even though no one was there. And that's enough to skeeve me right there. I don't like inexplicable noises. No, I would immediately be like, burn the house. Yeah, I I do not like inexplicable noises. I I really don't. I don't think anyone enjoys inexplicable noises. No, but to them, that seemed like small at first. And I'm like, no, that's big enough for me. Yeah, that's enough for me to be like, I don't know if I should stay here. Yeah. Or there'd be, this is, I love this one. Or there would be <laughs> small piles of dirt that would appear on a floor that was just swept. That just pissed me off. <laughs> that, I would be so fucking livid if that happened. That would just that would be so pissed. That would just piss me off. So initially things were like annoying, but possibly explainable. The girls claimed that, yeah, they experienced some spirits in the house that seemed harmless for the most part, but some of the spirits had angry energy. When Carolyn Perrin researched the history of the house, she discovered that the home had been in the same family for eight generations and that many of the ancestors had died under mysterious circumstances or suffered horrible deaths. Never good. Never good sign. Several children had drowned in a nearby creek. Also never a good sign. One was one was murdered and a few hanged themselves in the attic. No, thank Mm -mm. you. Mm -mm. Why does that remind me of Blair Witch? Blair Witch, and we also talked about um, La Llorona makes me think of children drowning. Oh, yeah. yeah so um, so Bathsheba was the name of the spirit Was the that, that was the worst of all that the parents were experiencing. Um, Bathsheba is the spirit also depicted in the film. Bathsheba considered herself to be the mistress of the house and did not appreciate Carolyn's presence. So it's kind of thought that maybe... It was a competition for no. This is my my territory, oh. and she and she did not want to compete. Um, that's what Andrea Perrin says was occurring. Um, so who was Bathsheba Sherman? She lived on the Perrin's property in the mid eighteen hundreds and was thought to be a Satanist. She yes, may, she may have been may have been involved in the death of a neighbor's child, but it never went to trial. Okay, so she wasn't then. There were rumors that. She killed the child as a sacrifice to the devil. Again, these are rumors. Heck yes. Rumors. The parents believed that it was Bathsheba's spirit that was terrorizing them. Bathsheba Thayer was born in Rhode Island in 1812 and married Judson Sherman in Thompson, Connecticut on March 10th, 1844. What an uh, like intense name to have. Yeah. Judson was a farmer and they were fairly well off. They had a son, Herbert L. Sherman, when Bathsheba was about 37 years old. So pretty old for those times. Wow. They may have had as many as three other children who did not survive past the age of seven. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Not uncommon for that time. No, it wasn't. That wasn't confirmed for sure, but that's what some sources say. Um, Bathsheba was living next door to the parents' farmhouse, which used to be the Arnold estate back in those days. Now, there's a photo, supposedly from 1885, of the parents' property of what it would have looked like in 1885. It was then, it was the Arnold's property that was used to promote Andrea Parent's book. And it shows an elderly woman in the center of the picture wearing a surgical mask that is supposedly Bathsheba. Why is she wearing a mask, you ask? I will tell you. <laughs> Probably to... Pre- I didn't ask, but please tell me. I know. 
<laughs> Just for the listeners out there. Probably to protect yourself from influenza or other epidemics of that era, such as diphtheria or tuberculosis. So I feel you best, Sheba, because I've been wearing a mask oh, for quite yeah. some time. Mask up. Keep these bitches yeah. out of there. So this hasn't been proven 100% that this picture is Bathsheba, but it is a pretty cool pic, which you can Google and look up. And I'm sure it helped to promote the book. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. According to Andrew Perrin, or I'm sorry, Andrea Perrin, there were other spirits that smelled of rotting flesh and would cause their beds to rise off the floor. Nope. They avoided the basement because of a, quote, cold, stinking presence that could be felt. You. But when their heating equipment would fail, Roger Perrin would have to go to the basement. Basements. No, not a fan. I will never, ever live in a home again that has a basement. Um, I still dream about the basement from my childhood home. And I just never think basements are a good thing in general. So, no. So you would think to yourself, the parents probably fled the house, right? Kind of like they did in Amityville. Well, no, they did not. They lived there for 10 years. Why? Why? Why are they like, I can fix this? I'll tell you. That's where my skepticism does come in because they lived there a long time. But Andrea Perrin says it was due to financial instability. They actually were able to move in 1980. And again, I guess people have the reasons for why they stay places. Who am I to judge? Yeah. But I would have hightailed my ass out of there. So it did get worse. The Warrens made multiple trips to the farmhouse to investigate. Uh, Lorraine conducted a seance to attempt to contact the spirits. And that may have been a mistake. Carolyn Perrin, they believe, became possessed during the seance. She started speaking in tongues and her chair lifted off the ground course the scene is depicted in the movie but it's depicted as more of an exorcism yeah. which is not accurate oh. but andrea perrin and her little sister cindy were were watching secretly they were not supposed to be watching so they saw their mother speaking in tongues and in a weird voice that didn't belong to her they saw her mother get levitated in her chair and then thrown across the oh room my god um her body was slammed to the ground so she got injured imagine being the kid i know she got it she got hurt when this happened um Lorraine uh, Warren, you know, claims or Lorraine Warren states that, you know, there never was an exorcism because only a Catholic priest um, should perform that. So they made it clear. No, that that is not true. A yeah. true depiction. They just want to make that clear. We would not do that because we know only a Catholic priest can do it. After the seance disaster, Roger Parent kicked the Warrens out because he was worried about his wife's mental state um, naturally. So Carolyn had been picked up and thrown into another room and her, like I said, her body got slammed to the ground. She most likely suffered a pretty severe concussion um, and it took her a long time to recover. Um, she was in a lot of pain after and just was very fragile mentally after this whole thing. Um, after that seance though, there were no major supernatural occurrences. So whatever happened apparently got rid of the worst hauntings, apparently. Um, and the parent the parents had a relatively calm existence in the house after after that seance. There were other spirits who would at times act up. They would make loud noises if there were guests in the home. Um, they reported that there were specters of a father, a son, and a dog at the top of the staircase at times, and they would kind of like stare at a wall like they were looking out the window and they wouldn't make any eye contact with the parents. Weird. April Perrin, this is kind of sad. April Perrin befriended one of the spirits in her closets named Oliver Richardson, and she didn't want to tell the Warrens about him because she was afraid that he would go away. Aww. Oh, I know. That would have been Poor me. Kid. That would have been me. Befriending the demons. The ghost is my friend. Um, 
Andrea said that she even saw a spirit who, I love this, who looked like her as an old woman dressed in 17th century attire. Um, I would scream. I love that. Since I, I would scream. Since I truly believe I'm from the Victorian era. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you'd probably think it's I would love cool. to see myself in that period. I really would. That'd be... Yeah, but I'm assuming that means it was an ancestor, right? I don't know. I didn't I didn't dig into that, but I would think. Huh. Um, I, like Andrea Perrin, do believe in reincarnation for sure. So that could possibly, you know, be evidence of that if you want to believe that story. Oh, yeah. Carolyn reported seeing two men sitting in their dining room um, who pointed at her as if to say, what are you doing here? Almost like... <laughs> But, I love that. Yeah, like, 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 what are you doing in my house? Yeah, like they kind of looked at each other, like, get a load of this. Who is this? You know, as if like she's not supposed to be oh, there. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's very like Mean Girls. Yeah. So the movie, like I said, is not based on Andrea Perrin's book. It's based on the Warrens' accounts of what happened. Um, and another factoid that might cause skepticism: most of the Perrins would willingly move back into the house. Andrea has visited the property on several occasions, and she re reports that she still feels at home while she is there. I mean, they were there for 10 years. And she also said something I believe about spirits, because I've said this before. I, she said, it's not really about whether or not they exist. It's how we perceive them. Huh. I think that's, again, why I, I said in another episode why people can, for instance, go into the Lizzie Borden house feel nothing, stay the whole night, not have any encounter at all, but then other people could go in and have the experience of, you know, the spirits messing with them. I think, I think it depends on if you're open to it. Um, yeah. You know, if, if they're not going to get anywhere with you, why are they going to bother? You know? Yeah, so, exactly. but um, after reading up a little bit on Andrea Perrin, I kind of want to read the book and she has done, she has spoken at, um, in, in places like conferences and things like that. So I'm kind of, I, I probably would like to hear, hear her talk actually um, yeah that'd be cool because it's she sounds like she could tell an interesting story let's put it that way so oh, for sure um yeah so that's the parents um wild and I, now we thoroughly encourage you to go watch the conjuring did you see the third one i didn't see well, there's yeah, a third one we watched that one did the we devil one right I didn't think we the watched devil it together. Do it or some shit. I don't think we watched it together. Yes, though. Remember, he has like a heart attack in the beginning of it. No. Yes, me and Will watched it, and then me and you watched it. Why don't I remember? Because I don't think it was very good. Oh, it was all right. One I was preferred... good, and two was okay. Two was scary. Two had its scary moments. I thought it did. I mean, one definitely was. Yeah. And then I watched the nun. Ugh. that one's good too anyway sorry um but yeah these are like these some of these episodes we've done are like movie companion ones like we did one on halloween and friday the 13th we did that carrie one mm -hmm. recently and so now you can listen to our pod and then enjoy a wonderful movie i almost said delicious and that's not what i mean because <laughs> these movies are not delicious <laughs> not at all friends but we really want you to support the pod and it's linked in the show notes but like Go to buy me a coffee and it, ours is called buy me a slice and give us $5, please, so that we can get better audio equipment and you get a free sticker. And then we're going to come out with bonus content once people actually do something. And I, I don't think I mentioned it on the pod, but my friend Carver, who's super rad, is going to help us design our Stay Spooky merch. I'm so excited about the merch. I'm so pumped. Even if I'm the only one wearing the merch, I'm excited about I the know. merch. I know. I feel like it, everyone is going to get it for Christmas. That's your Christmas I already present. told my sister that that's what <laughs> she's get, that everyone's getting for Christmas. and I, Everyone's going to get a yeah. Stay Spooky shirt that they have to wear. 
Yes, they will. They Even will wear my it. niece and my nephew yeah. <laughs> that are too young to wear yeah. anything that say 31 Nights of Scary Shit on it. But yes, I'm going to sneak it to them. I think it's a fabulous Christmas gift. Yeah. So anyway, friends, we really want you to follow us on all the social medias as well. That's also linked in the show notes. And send us your emails at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com, friends. And then you just got to make sure that you uh, stay spooky. Uh, bye.